0: Hey, Hey, Jack.
1: Hey, man. Hey, how's it going? Uh, uh, Just another, what is this, our fourth straight sad podcast, is that correct? I believe so, yes. Man, I forgot what it was like to be happy. Yeah, six and three
0: cents. It was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long month.
1: Yeah, so that was just, uh, I hope you didn't watch the whole game.
0: I did. I I didn't have it in me to turn it off, especially because I was very naive and thought that they might, they might have the opportunity to come back at the end of the game. I didn't really think that they would. But I was a little, I was a little excited about Josh Johnson after watching sure. Mark Sanchez dance around for mm-hmm. the thirty minutes before.
1: Yep. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that was the. Uh, <clears throat> I watched the majority of the game. Just come the second half, I was uh, you know, kind of going back and forth between that and red zone. That was uh, yeah. the earliest I have ever turned a Redskins game off in my, in my life. Um, now, of course I was going back and forth and I watched, uh, I was basically uh, watching all of the offensive possessions and then just skipping defense. I was like, I was I playing or something, <laughs> you know, it was just uh, man. What a nightmare. It was the largest uh, deficit ever in FedEx field history at halftime. I believe it was what? 34 to nothing. Yes. And, uh, you know, this was also a a giant team that was depleted, too, with no Landon Collins, arguably their best defensive player. And obviously there was no Odell Beckham today. And still they just uh, it looked like it was like a varsity versus JV kind of game. And it was the kind of game where, oh, my God, just this whole thing needs to be blown up. They need to hit the reset button people lose their jobs off of performances um, this bad. And, um, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah. Sound like we haven't seen this before. Yep,
0: yeah. It just it felt bad. It, you can just tell from the get-go that this is going to be a bad game. I mean, I thought mm-hmm. the defense on their first drive that came out, they looked pretty good. I was like, okay, this will be a good game. And then they just lit you up, especially, I mean, Saquon Barkley showed why he was the second overall pick today. He just absolutely – the wrong with mm-hmm. the Redskins defense, and they yep. couldn't—they couldn't tackle, to be honest. And it again, is, it was sad because it's against a team that's only won four games this year. They were—they were without arguably their two best starters on each side of the ball, and yep. it just felt like it felt very reminiscent of like say the Chargers game last year, where it's just like if you had any hope, you need to win this game, and they just didn't, and they lost in pretty pretty embarrassing fashion.
1: Yeah, and I think embarrassing would be. Uh, probably the better best way to put it, but it was just, um, and, you know, you could tell right away that, like, as you mentioned, that this is, this is going to be a long, long day. And um, <clears throat> no disrespect to Mark Sanchez, but he has absolutely no business um, being a professional ath- uh, football player anymore. Uh, in in addition to that, a- at the same time, I mean, you want to talk about being set up for failure? I mean, there's this the offensive side of the ball just really has. Um, no ability whatsoever to you know be productive. And uh, a lot of which has to do with the injuries. I think in addition to that, the scheme, what we're seeing, and uh, just a a team that's really lost any and all confidence, and I feel like Jay is Jay Gritton has also lost this locker room.
0: Yeah, and I feel like he might be out the door within the next couple of hours. I, would be, I wouldn't be too surprised I mean, I wouldn't personally agree with it as much as mm-hmm. I see a lot of people chirping on Twitter about but I I wouldn't be surprised if it seems very very somewhat reasonable but I, mm-hmm. I just feel like you get to a point where he can't do that much I mean you're on your fourth quarterback of the year after a month ago being six and three. Have you have a big lead in the NFC East? It just looked good, and I think one of the things that started to hurt this team, I, I believe I've said in past podcasts, uh, is Adrian Peterson is just slowed down. He sort of mm-hmm. ran out of juice, he averaged 1.6 yards per carry today. And I, I've written about it before when Adrian Peterson isn't getting you time taken off the clock, the defense doesn't have time to rest, and they're gassed when they get back on the field, then they get burnt, and it's just a huge feedback loop that just it leads to games like this where you can't you can't get a stop on defense.
1: Yeah, and I you know, I I'm just I, I'm trying to think of I'm trying to look at this objectively, rationally, but today was so bad that you would expect uh, wholesale changes to be yeah. made. Um now as Vitriolic as Daniel Snyder is, and understand and justifiably so. He has only fired one coach uh, in season, and that was his second his second year as the owner of Norv Turner back in the like, nineteen ninety nine or year two thousand. Um, so I just i i, I don't I, I don't think Jay's going to be fired at um, between now and the end of this season, but he's. It's dead man walking. And, you know, it's it's cyclical to me because, uh, like I said, we've been through this before. If you remember about 10 years ago, exactly 10 years ago, it was the Jim Zorn era and it could not have been more evident that Jim Zorn has no business being a head coach and he's going to be fired as soon as possible. And of course, he was fired on the team plane following their week 17 loss. believe it was in san diego and then mike shanahan was um hired you know days later Um, you you felt the same way about mike shanahan in 2013 just uh, every press conference was just awful yeah Uh, the locker room was just just, it was dysfunctional to uh you know to the nth degree and here we are again and uh, you know a lot of people are um i I see fire jake rudin is trending on twitter yes Fire Bruce Allen and And for every, you know, moment with the Redskins that is so, you know, debaucherous, there's always a scapegoat. And, you know, 10 years ago, it was the combination of Jim Zorn and Vinny Serrato. You know, that Vinnie Serrato was Daniel Snyder's first, you know, right-hand man, yes man, if you will. And he deservedly was canned and has essentially just been blackballed from The D.C. area because of how bad he was as a general manager or team president or whatever the hell you want to call it here and uh, you know I feel like Bruce Allen is going to be the scapegoat and not to not to be on his defense here he absolutely should be fired given his record and how big of a joke I think he is personally but I, I feel like there's so much acrimony right now amongst Redskins fans fire Bruce fire Jay the FedEx field sucks and, and you know so on and so forth. What I want every Redskins fan to know, those that listen, those on Twitter, just know it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who our head coach is. It doesn't matter who is the one making team decisions. We have a 20-year sample size, and the one person that's been here the entire time is our owner. He's the worst owner in this league. He's a coward, and we're never, ever – Ever going to be respectable and consistent as long as he's here, and he has shown nothing to prove to the contrary.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with all of what you just said. But I, at one point, I, you know, just I had a lot of time to think during this game, there wasn't really too much to focus on. I mm-hmm. thought, what if, what if Josh Johnson actually comes in here and we do run the table and go nine seven? How would, how would fans react? Because I, I wouldn't know what to do with myself today. The wild yeah play. I just wouldn't,
1: yeah, but
0: yeah, I would imagine that scenario they just get blown out in the first rounds and they'd it, get a crappy draft,
1: sure, you know enough actually, you know, going on to the x's and O's of the game you know, yes mark Sanchez has been out of a job he's he's a uh you know he's a brunt end of the butt fumble joke and 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 things like that, and what we saw out of Josh Johnson was what kind of what we expected now with having our third and fourth string quarterbacks as our starter, where, you know, you need a uh, quarterback that has, that is very mobile and athletic, um, some run pass options and get them out in the pocket and just let them make plays with, with their feet. And that's exactly what uh, Josh Johnson was doing at his first rushing touchdown of his career. And uh, there was certainly a level of comfortability between him and this offense. And I know him and Jay worked together in Cincinnati years ago. Uh, At the same time, it was a 40-6 to game. So, of course, it was, you know, mostly garbage time. But, you know, at least you saw some, you know, adequacy in comparison to what we got from Sanchez.
0: Yeah, and Sanchez, I mean – you can say what you want. Like, he's been on the team for barely any time. But he – you can – you like you said, you can understand why he has no business starting in the league. I mean, his mm-hmm. pocket presence is just – I saw multiple times today just mm-hmm. walk up into the pocket right into the lap mm-hmm. of a defender and just get absolutely yep. swallowed up. Whereas yep. if he had just been a little more aware, he might have been able to run the pocket, which yep. Johnson actually did very well, like you said – and was able mm-hmm. to snag it ra- rushing touchdown, and it looked like it was almost what I expected Alex Smith to bring to the table when he came here. And mm-hmm. Josh Johnson just yep. showed that aspect of what your offense can do when you do have a mobile quarterback who is effective with his legs. So I yeah. I do buy into Jay's system. I really do think that if he had if he wasn't set back as much as he was, which I know you can make the argument every coach has setbacks, but to this degree, I don't think that happens very much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. you know, how can you properly evaluate Jay Gruden exactly. when exactly. you have uh, Austin Howard and Ty Seki as your guards? And they were – Austin Howard, um, I, I think he might be out of a job by tomorrow. Um, he was just getting absolutely worked. You're, you're paying you're, – your right tackle is one of the highest paid at his position in the league, and he leads the NFL in uh, – He leads the NFL in penalties for offensive linemen with 12, I believe, and has absolutely taken a step back. Trent Williams is also a shell of himself, in my opinion. Uh, There were drop passes. This is just a team that isn't a team. It's just a group of individuals and just ready for their offseason. Well, They have completely mailed it in.
0: Well, I'd like to ask you a little bit about what your opinion on Morgan Moses is because this is a very hot topic between our little FPC group because we he's in a weird spot because we think that, or at least I think, you don't replace him because who out there is going to play better? I mean, obviously, he's not the mm-hmm. best that you could have, but there's really
1: – I thought he's been fantastic over the past couple of seasons, and I don't know what's happened this year, but um, he's awful.
0: Yeah, he's kind of he's taken a really really rough turn this year and just sort of played
1: mm-hmm.
0: played kind of crappy. So yeah. uh, there are a lot of people saying you know he needs to be benched, he needs to be cut next year. I mean, I believe they'd mm-hmm. save one point two mil, so really not that much if they were to get rid of him. But sure. I, I just feel like uh, what what are your thoughts on that, on retaining him or letting him go?
1: Well, you're you're certainly paying him a good am- a large amount of money, and he's um, I know he's always hobbled, but he's been. Uh, healthy for the most part and seems like a respected and admired uh, teammate and inside the locker room. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that, you know, there's just something wrong with him physically, but, uh, you know, I don't think there needs to be a, a, there should be a physical discrepancy to be called off sides 12 times a year or or something like that. So, you know, I, I, I would say I would give him a mulligan because there's so many other positions the Redskins need to, uh, Attack. So, uh, at the same time, his play is warranted of a uh, of a benching. At the same time, typically when you are benching a veteran, you are putting in there a younger prospect, a younger player to see what they can do. Um, well, we drafted that guy out of Louisville, John Christian, but he's on IR. Yeah. So, what are we going to do? Put in thirty four year old Tyen Seki to see what we got out of him? I am pretty sure we know who Tyen Seki is at this point. So, there is really no one else to evaluate.
0: Yeah, just I think he just got to just mm-hmm. completely pull the plug on the season. I'm just yeah. so tired of it. And the yeah. worst, the worst part was that they started out like so. Like I'd almost rather go three and thirteen and just know you suck from the get go. I than, would. Then just completely get blindsided by a team that loses four straight games and drops the third in their division.
1: I, I would. I would rather be really bad than just okay. Because um, then you know we who you s- are. <laughs> yeah, we, we know. You know, we've we've won six games already this season, so we're not going to have a top five pick. Nope. And so, I mean, we're not going to, you know, top premier prospects. We're probably not going to be able to get. And the you know what early teens is probably where we're going to be picking somewhere around there. Um, but you, if you want to talk about proper evaluation and um, benchings. There's someone that should be benched by the end of this sentence, and that is ha-ha Clinton Dix. I'm done. Number 20. Please, uh, now I get why Packers fans were had no problem with you <laughs> leaving. You, you've been absolutely awful. And I know he's not the one reason why this defense has completely tailed off over the past five weeks, but he's terrible. He he is continuing to uh, – he can't tackle. He's not taking the proper angles. I don't see a level of effort. And meanwhile, we have a second-year player that just has less than 16 games as a starter under his belt. Why can't we see what we get out of Monte Nicholson?
0: Yeah, and he's looked better. I mean, you've seen him on yeah. special teams, and he's been able to tackle, which doesn't sound like much, but wow. when you watch uh, HaHa's tape, you don't see much of that. So I really mm-hmm. feel like – I feel like you do develop Mata, especially when you're playing these meaningless games at the end of the year, just put him in see what he can do. See mm-hmm. how he responds in certain situations just so you can mm-hmm. develop him. Because I really, personally, I say you let Haha go after this season. I think he was, no, yeah, uh, absolutely. He was a failed he, experience. He yep. I, I like taking the shot. I like taking the risk on him. It showed that you were all in the sure. season, but I think he's a failed experience. So just let him Yeah,
1: Absolutely. I, I, I could not agree more. And, because he is going to be a pending free agent where at least we have Monty Nicholson under contract for another two years, let's see what he can do the last month of this season. I'm sorry, last what three games of the season and see if this is someone that we can count on as a starter for years to come or if we need to reevaluate the free safety position. Um, Furthermore, this is a position that we still cannot solve um, since Sean Taylor died. Here we are again, having... in, ineffective um, uh, Free safety play he, His Clinton Dix's Inability to take the wrong Angle I'm sorry he has a cunning ability To take the wrong angle For a ga- touchdown Saving tackle every single time yep. He is so bad at it Oh my god And I, when he gave up that when that last touchdown By Saquon happened I was like why Why is he still in the game Yep. Why Get him out. He gave up. He has no business being um, being a starter on this on this team. Um, and also, I'd like to say, uh, Greg Minuski, um, thank you for uh, for trying, but we'll see you later.
0: Yeah, well, I've I've always been a little bit bitter about the defensive coordinator
1: position. I I I I am too. Um, especially because we have an offensive-minded head coach. Now, typically, a, a head coach is always going to come from either side of the ball being an assistant somewhere, and obviously, Jay, being, um, he was hired because he was a great coordinator in Cincinnati running their offense. And so typically, when you have a offensive-minded head coach, you got a really premier, a top defensive coach, defensive coordinator as an assistant that can – I'm watching the Rams right now. Yep. And one of the reasons they've been so successful is Sean McVay basically just gave the keys to Wade Phillips, one of the best defensive minds in football, and goes, This is yours. I delegate. You, you, you do what you do best. And I feel like Jay has done that with Greg Minoski, And I feel like he's done that with the defensive coordinator prior to that, yep. with Joe Barry and the defensive coordinator prior to that, and Jim Hazlitt. What those three guys all have in common is they're just a guy. Yep. They're okay. You know, they're but they're not going to make chicken salad out of you know what. Yet. And Greg Minuski, who had a lengthy career in San Francisco and Indianapolis, not once in his career did he have a top ten defense. And he I, I thought I thought from the, the his hire from two years ago was just the epitome of a parallel move mm-hmm. when there was a lot of people there out to choose from, the former uh, Jacksonville Jaguars coach, sure. Gus Bradley. Wade Phillips was apparently interested in working here, and we went with Greg Minoski.
0: Yeah, and I mean, they've had opportunities, but it just seems like guys don't want to come here. I, they, I remember they brought in Wade Phillips, like he said. They brought in Gus Bradley. I, a couple of years ago, they brought in Vic Fangio, and he picked the Bears mm-hmm. over us, which at the time mm-hmm. looked like, like, really? Okay, but mm-hmm. I, I mean... I think it shows something when you see these guys like Wade Phillips and Big Fangio, like Mm -hmm. these really good veteran coaches don't want to come here. I think it says a little bit of something about Washington and, Mm -hmm. you know, what you have to work with here. Because I feel like it's one of those places where if you know that you're just going to be muzzled by the owner or the front office, you don't want to come here because you can't succeed. And I think it it just tarnishes your reputation and your
1: your, – if I were a free agent or a coach, I would absolutely – I would stay as far stay away. away from Redskins Park as possible. What person in the right mind has succeeded here? Uh, not many. Yeah, and they're not – Not many at all. They're not
0: overpaying people anymore, so there's, there's – No. It's it, out the window, too. So there's it, really no I incentive. Guess,
1: and, Jack, I guess what's even more frustrating about that is, you know, this is from a talent base. I mean, they have, you know, two – they spent their past first, two past first-round picks on the defensive line – you know, Deron, Deron Payne seems to be a player. So does Jonathan Allen. Ionidas, Kerrigan's good. Yep. You have Josh Norman. You have D.J. Swearinger. There's some talent on this defense where a defensive uh, coordinator or whoever it's going to be is like, you know what, I could, I can make this work. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's, it's really not even a lack of talent um, currently on this roster on the defensive side of the ball, but they're just not in the right position. Um, Zach Brown was benched in the first half today. Um, this – his second season in Washington has been an absolute disaster. I don't know what has transpired from last year to this year, but it's a joke. Uh, Mason Foster had to delete his Twitter, which I know we talked about last week, but he's been struggling tremendously too. Uh, There is quite a discrepancy between, I feel the amount of talent on this roster, especially the defensive side of the ball and what Greg Minuski and others are designing. It's simply not working.
0: Yeah. And I, I've tried so hard to defend Mason Foster, but I, I just can't mm-hmm. at some point. Because at least you see the effort level there. Because it feels like, like you said, with Ha-Ha Dix, he doesn't really, like, oh, he missed a tackle. He doesn't really care. He sort of gives up on the play. Whereas I, Mason Foster, you can tell he wants to make the play. And he gets really oh, yeah. frustrated with himself when he doesn't. And, mm-hmm. and you can tell he's a passionate guy. So it frustrates the crap out of me when he can't make these plays because you know he's smart enough he's got he's very intelligent if he's the
1: reason why he starts he's he's our starter to begin with yeah. he
0: just doesn't have the same plays every snap because I mean really who does he match up well with he doesn't match up well with running backs he doesn't match up well with tight ends no nope. he really he, he's he you just have to have him as a rushing linebacker and he's really not that fast so you kind of just nope. have to have him act as the leader of the defense who makes adjustments and calls plays so I think he does have value there, but he needs to step it up somewhere else for him to be a necessity to stay on this defense.
1: Yeah, he reminds me of Reed Dowdy. Oh, my gosh. And Reed, the safety from about 10 years ago, who who actually had a rather lengthy career in Washington, but a guy that had all of the intangibles that you look for in terms of a football player, intelligence, um, feel, instincts, but just was so inferior athletically and that's it's not his fault and i think that's the same that we're getting out of mason foster but i I don't know why he's getting exposed so bad yeah and you know i i feel like again that comes down comes down to coaching mason foster has no business going sideline to sideline that is not his strength he's in between the hashes and he's reading the offensive line and he's tends to be um he had an interception today but he, he's he's always seems to be in the right position as long as he doesn't have to, you know, again, try to be match matching up with a running back out in space or something like that. Then why in the hell is Greg Minuski time and time still putting him in those positions?
0: I, I don't know. I, That's coaching. I, yeah, I really think that they're, they're, it's the number one answer that you have with mostly questions that circulator on the Redskins. I don't know. There's really (sighs) nothing that happens. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's just, it's frustrating because you see it every week. You think, oh, this didn't work this week. They're going to make an adjustment and they don't. It just happens every week. And you Mm -hmm. just, it's the same thing on offense, the run plays. If it's, if they're getting 1.6 yards a run, don't keep running it twice a drive to start out the drive. And then throw a check down throw down it's the same thing over and over again and i think that's why f- fans get so frustrated and players get so fed up and mm-hmm. it's just I, I don't know i don't know why they keep doing that too when they yeah and
1: I, I think just ev- i think just everyone's fed up yep i think the players are fed up i think the coaches are fed up and the fans obviously are fed up i mean if you saw what was at fedex field today it was nobody was there empty Absolutely. Nobody was there. And I saw a video, I think it was Dan Steinberg of the post that that tweeted this at halftime. You just saw the floodgates were opening for people leaving the stadium because they just didn't want to see it and they couldn't bear to take it anymore as they should. I, and that's why I would, I could have gone to this game for free. Mm -hmm. Nope, absolutely not. (laughs) Not doing it, not doing it. You, you could not pay me to go to that stadium.
0: Yes. I mean, uh, this is to answer Josh Norman, This is why fans don't want to go there because yeah, you're disappointed yes. and you you ten nine times out of ten you leave pretty pretty unhappy and you feel like you got robbed out of your money. So that's why yeah, that's why people don't like going there. I I get yeah. that you want fan loyalty, but there's a certain point to when you call yeah. up the fans either three and or zero and three in your next three it, games that you just can't I, you can't do it anymore.
1: You know that six and three start was fun, yep, it absolutely was fun, but I feel like the common reaction for most Redskins fans that I talked to are like, you know we'll, well let's just wait and see you know we are in full we need to see it to believe it because this team time and time again has disappointed us time and time again. you know, I am not ready to crown them nine games into a season, and boy we- were we immediately validated,
0: yep." Yeah, I think it's I'm a big wake up call. Yeah, you gotta be appreciative of every of every win you get in the NFL mm-hmm. because they are not given to you, and that these last few weeks have proven it. And it's just it. Another mm-hmm. thing that makes it so frustrating is you look at games like the Texans game where I think if you win that game, you have a lot mm-hmm. more momentum going to the Dallas game and possibly yeah. win that. I don't like to think like that because that's a huge what if, but I just find yeah. that there's a lot of stuff that went wrong that yeah. had it st- – just a little bit closer to Washington side and look
1: how play poorly play. we've played since then. We yep. haven't played a, a, a good game since. No, just We haven't played a good half since
0: just been sleepwalking. <coughs> games. I think that's why it's frustrating as a fan, because it's like, why do you, why should we put all our heart and emotion into watching you yep. play when it seems like yep. you go out on the field? You don't have that.
1: Exactly. That's Absolutely. What to do. And especially, it, you know, when it comes to the D.C. market, you know, there's a hockey team about 20 minutes away from that stadium. Well, more than 20 minutes. Um, there's that. There's a hockey team a short drive away from that stadium that, guess what, just won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, they give you something to be
0: excited about.
1: <laughs> and, and they're in first place again. And Alex Ovechkin is leading the NHL in goals again. You know what? I'm going to spend my $100 on a team that actually puts on a good product. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, there. it's just you go in there and you automatically become depressed because it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, it's the same thing. And I was for a little while, I was thinking maybe in the third quarter, we might be able to possibly come back. I didn't really think it, but I was sort of I was being a little hopeful on Twitter. And one of my buddies just completely said, that's stupid. And he said, he's said, not yep. trying to be, you know, condescending or anything, but it's because. He said I was younger because he said I watched this for. Th- he's thirty three, I guess. He said I watched this for mm. thirty three years, and yep. every year it's the same thing. So that's why yeah. a lot of the older or not older, but a lot of the more. Are experienced... you calling me old? No, I for lack of a better <laughs> word, uh, more experienced Redskins fans. There you have... go. No,
1: I, I I've accepted I'm getting old. I'm thirty one, so uh, yeah, I I totally agree with what your your buddy said online. Yeah, so. they uh,
0: they under. They're used to it and they, they know it's going to happen. Whereas <laughs> the, the the most amount of disappointment I've witnessed from the Redskins was getting so excited after the 2012 season and then being yeah. absolutely flattened by the 2013
1: season. Yeah, well, that was probably about – 2012 was probably the most exciting for me too. And, yeah, I was technically alive for two Super Bowl victories, but I was one and four. So, um, needless to say, I don't remember. And um, – Yeah, so I was born into it, and now I've just been sad for 25 years, or as long as I can remember. You know, it's amazing because, you know, for me, being a Redskins fan was something that I was born into. I didn't have a choice. You know, my first outfit growing up was, uh, I mean, out of the womb, was a Redskins jersey. It was a Doug Williams jersey. (laughs) And, you know, I I feel like with Redskins fans, especially maybe the – older ones around my age, pretty much I would say from my age and under, is uh, there was an oral history to being a Redskins fan, learning things about, learning about Sonny Jerkinson and John Riggins and the Hogs and the, what Joe Gibbs means to this town and halftime adjustments. And, you know, th- those were my bedtime stories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing that always amazed me about it, and, um, you know, my, my father has since passed away, but uh, he – you know, he one thing that always amazed me and I'll never forget it. He goes, every Sunday was a party. Every Sunday was fun. Yeah. Sundays are terrible.
0: I mean, Sundays so- are
1: absolutely terrible. And it's just I mean, we that's why I, I I'm always so curious why so many like other fans hate, hate the Redskins, hate Redskins. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why do you hate us? We're the, we're the three-legged dog. Like, we're, we're harmless. <laughs> like, we don't hurt anybody. You be, We always lose. Like, if anything, you know, I'd love the Redskins. Yeah, Can't I Can't mean, wait to play them every year.
0: I, I just find I, – I sit back and think, like, you turn on the Chiefs or Ravens game today. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, I wonder what it, what it would be like to be, like, one, a fan of one of those teams. Yep. Your team, Especially, like, a fan of the Chiefs where – where I first got into football, they were terrible. They sucked, mm-hmm. and it was just like, "Oh, Jamal Charles was their one bright spot." And I—that's all I knew them for was Jamal Charles. And then, you know, they built for the last six, seven years into a Super Bowl contender, pretty mm-hmm. much each year. And I just feel like Washington has been stuck in the same spot for the last mm-hmm. however many years. Yep. It's just So it's so redundant, and it makes you feel like you're just stuck in. Bermuda Triangle where you're just living yeah. the same season over and over again.
1: Yeah, and yet the status quo is never going to change. And I, I feel like – and, and I guess to me what is so debilitating about this is that there's no end in sight. And this might be a morbid conversation, but Daniel Snyder's not going anywhere. Nope. It's a young, young guy from an owner's perspective. And he's not going to sell the team. They're valued over a billion dollars. Why would he? unless he wants to, you know, be well-liked and appreciated here because he's going to be hated. And um, and to me, that's why I will never be op- optimistic about this team as long as he's still here.
0: And I don't blame you because, like I said, I mean, there, there really isn't. Because as long as he brings in someone and just says, listen, I'll give you free control to handle the team however you want, I have no input in it, which mm-hmm. – I feel good about Doug Williams because with the Adrian Peterson signing, it was reported that he didn't consult Bruce Allen or Dan Snyder. It makes me feel like some guys are willing to just, you know, go behind his back, just or for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. or go back, go behind his back, just because they know what's best for the franchise. And I think when you have guys like Doug Williams who are willing to do that, it makes me feel a little bit more hopeful for the future because mm-hmm. I mean, why? I don't think any decision Dan Snyder is going to make is probably going to be nope. your huge franchise changing in a positive way decision.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how you would be able to change because there is a culture inside that facility that just bleeds negativity and the a lack of commitment to the team. And to me, I, I feel like Daniel Snyder has always been so interested in the bright lights and how much money we're worth
0: mm-hmm. and
1: where we're valued at. Where it's, to me, I always say if, you know, if you put on a good product, the rest will take care of itself. And that's never been the top priority, nor will it be, Um, again, as long as he's here. And he's got to be – and I know there's very, very few Snyder supporters out there anymore. But, you know, he really – he tries. He wants to be successful. Well, yeah, okay. You know, I try to hit a home run every time for my softball team, but it, it doesn't work. So, I don't care that he's trying. I don't care. It's not enough.
0: Yeah, I find it very interesting how whenever we have one of these disappointing, disappointing podcasts, mm-hmm. it always leads to the same thing. It's always, we need a restart. We need mm-hmm. a completely new, something new. We need, we need to blow this whole thing up and just start from scratch. And it just sure. feels like, I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm saying the same thing over again. They need something. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, today. it's totally redundant and we're just frustrated and pissed off. And that's why it's such a divisive uh, fan base too, just because, you know, when you've been this bad for this long, that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, a number that sticks out to me, 27, 27 consecutive seasons in which the Redskins have not been able to win 11 or more games. Every single team in football has won 11 or more games yep. besides us. That is just such a statistical anomaly that we couldn't we haven't been able just to, you know, write the ship once. That's incredible.
0: And it's not even <laughs> absolutely that, incredible. It's not even that crazy of a stat. It's 11 no. wins. It's not it's not 14 where you're only using yeah. two. I mean, you would think that in all this time they'd be able to have one mm-hmm. just one promising season, but they just haven't. And I think yeah. I think that's why people get so disheartened when they say. You know. sure. Oh, do you think how do you think the Redskins are going to do this year? He don't, he don't really respond in a positive way yeah. most of the time.
1: So, I mean, Jack, I know you're a lot younger than me, so uh, you know, I kind of want to. Where does this debacle measure up with the other failures in the past? for you? Um.
0: Well, I would say probably <clears throat> it's probably the worst because, well, number one, this is probably the last three years has been. The most I've paid attention to football as in depth, but I would say because in 2012, I mean, yeah, they it was pretty disappointing when they lost the playoff game, but at least you made the playoffs. Like I've just, I've never felt so so completely flattened by a team that I thought potentially I was so excited. I was like, you know what, we're probably gonna make make at least the playoffs and probably win the division pretty easily once we had gotten that two-game lead because really what other team other than the Giants who were practically dead at that point Mm -hmm. what other team was going to catch up to us so it felt it felt too good to be true like I was a little apprehensive about getting excited about it but it I just feel like when you have a team that shows you so much promise especially with this type of franchise and then they just go out and they completely destroy you Mm-hmm. it's just, this has been the most disappointing season I would say I've witnessed
1: in all Yeah, well, Well, to me, I I would say the most disappointing one was the Mike Shanahan, how the Mike Shanahan era ended yeah. because I, I had a feeling what Jim Zorn, that was going to be a disaster because if you remember, he was infamously hired to be an offensive coordinator and then they changed their mind and like, you know what, we're going to make you our head coach instead. Um, to me, I, I would say the Shanahan, um, and was the worst because we had the rookie of the year prior to that and Robert Griffin have just the biggest fall from grace athletically I've ever seen in my life. And I'll still say that five years later, uh, you had just the, the worst from a win loss perspective, the worst season that we've ever had at three and 13. And you also had a head coach who had a hall of fame resume until he came here. And then you had a young and up and coming offensive coordinator in Kyle Shanahan who I knew would be successful um, if he was just put in the right position, well, I know he's had a lot go wrong in San Francisco with, you know, the Jimmy Garoppolo injury, but yeah. uh, you know, and that was when Kirk cousins was still on the bench and we didn't know that he was going to become one of the, you know, one of the passing leaders in our franchise's history. Um, you know, I really thought that was about as, as bad. It was, it was going to get. Um, I feel like there's more talent on this team now than five years ago. And not to mention, we didn't have the problem of mortgaging all of our uh, those first round picks, those two uh, in 2013 and 14, because we didn't have those first rounders because of the Griffin trade. So mm-hmm. I, I would say the Shanahan thing was the worst, but, you know, here we are again. And so it's, I, I guess with all of that being considered, Jack, let's say you are the decision maker in, in Redskins park. What are you doing this week, what are you doing following this season? And I really just want this season to end now. I just want to blank and it's over with. But please.
0: Well, to be honest, I would bench a few guys. Just like, like I don't see the point in, like, say Ryan Kerrigan or mm-hmm. you know Josh Norman or. Well, I personally, I don't think Josh Norman's going to be here next year just because of no. his No, he's but- gone. If you bench guys like Trent Williams and Ryan Kerrigan, those kind mm-hmm. of guys, just so they don't get hurt because you've seen what injuries can do to people. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I would definitely, depending on how high up I was within the franchise, I would probably, uh, I would sort of, I would play around with the idea of letting Bruce Allen go. I mm-hmm. really, I, I've said this before. I really feel that if you had Jay, with a solid if you just gave all the power of doug williams and just had it be a gruden williams partnership as mm-hmm. far as acquiring talent and just letting the coaching be how it is I, I think that they probably would be successful i know you can't you can't say that as much and make an argument for that as much because of the injuries this year but mm-hmm. i do think that would be a lot more successful than what it is now
1: sure okay um to answer my own question, what I would do is, yes, I would, I would evaluate all of our younger players. I yep. would immediately bench HaHa Clinton-Dix for Monte Nicholson. That's step number one. Um, I would bench our um, Zach Brown because he's probably gone too, and I would start um, – I would probably maybe even bench both of them for Zach Vigil and Sean Deion Hamilton. Let's see what we can get out of these younger guys. Yep. Uh, I would fire Greg Minuski tomorrow, and I would promote Jim Tomsula uh, the defensive line coach who is revered as from an assistant coach perspective. Is this a guy that we can hang on to maybe as a defensive coordinator going into next year? Um, Jay Gruden stays for the duration of the season and I like Jay. I really do. I, I I, I feel part of me just, how can we properly evaluate him Mm -hmm. when he leads the league in amount of players on injured reserve for the second year in a row? Um, Following this season, just because uh, I feel like he's lost the locker room, which I would say is probably his biggest indictment, <clears throat> I would fi- I, he'd be fired following this season. I'd fire Bruce. I would clean house in um, the trainer's room. All those guys are gone. Um, then I would hire a, uh, I'd hire a priest to perform an exorcism <laughs> um, at, at in Ashburn, Virginia, at Redskins Park, and as well as FedEx Field. And then I would like to have a conversation face-to-face with Daniel Snyder and tell him how I really feel and uh, more so just to tell him that he's ruined my life. I think everything is going to go wrong because of him. And let's see, what else would I do? Um, I would want to create a – start a revolution and get him to sell the team. (laughs) <laughs> and uh you know jeff jeff bezos uh the amazon founder lives in dc now and now the there's the new headquarters are going to be in northern virginia i would beg him to buy the redskins um let's see what else would i do um i would probably change the logo because i know it's still offensive to many and yeah uh let's see i wouldn't change the name uh what else would i do I'll i already be- said the ex- i already said the exorcism right yeah yeah yeah, I like the classic uh, R. I think they could do that. Yeah, that's I would, that definitely. I'm all I'm all for the R. Um, <clears throat> and then I would just issue an apology to any young talented players that are here and let them know that they are set up to fail, and it's not them; it's it's the others. So, um, yeah, I hate sports. I really <laughs> wish I I really wish I didn't care. <laughs> I I'm, I I mean that. I am so genuinely. Envious of people that aren't emotionally involved in sports, their favorite team. Like those that could watch what we saw today just on guy. television and be like, oh, no big deal. I'm going to go, you know, go have fun something. I'm going to go live my life. Like to me, I'm sulking for the next week. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what else? Let's see. What else would we do, Jack? Um, yeah, I think, I think that's about it. I think, I think that's about it.
0: I think just to get back to the defense coordinator, you said you'd promote John, Jim Tom Sula. I definitely mm-hmm. think he's he's there because I would. I've always thought the two best coordin or the two best assistant or uh, position coaches on the defense were Tom Sula and then Torian Gray because I just think that he mm-hmm. completely done a great job of just developing young talent in the secondary because especially mm-hmm. the fact that you've got young guys who came from Virginia Tech where he formally he coached prior to going to DC but mm-hmm. I don't even want to mention Greg Stroman after his performance today, but you see yeah. him as like Kendall Fuller and then uh, Adonis Alexander, who we haven't seen too much from, but from what I've seen, mm-hmm. he's looked okay. I yeah. I mean,
1: I, I think all things considered with like, speaking of like someone like Greg Stroman and the Adonis Alexanders of the world, like those guys should not be playing meaningful football right now. No, they're late round projects where they're being thrown into the fire, like here, figure it out. Hope you can. And that is, um, really just a disservice a to them, but you know, it's uh, at the same time, I mean, it's not their fault that quit Dunbar hasn't been healthy in two months and, um, they, the Redskins decided to move on from Orlando Scanger going into the season, which is now looking back on it, probably a mistake. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of turnover, especially in that secondary position, because I would say presumably, uh, you know, ha Clinton Dix, he's gone. Josh Norman, he's probably gone. And you would see – I would say corner is probably going to be our first um, – the first pick taken in this spring's draft. Um, yeah, the, there's this – other than DJ Swearinger, there's no one I can look forward to a- unless it's Monte Nicholson, who I really, really hope to become, is, is starting for the uh, duration of the season. But knowing the Redskins, they're just going to – you know what? We're just going to stick with the status quo. So. So you don't think they're going quarterback first rounds? I don't think so. Just because they, <clears throat> one, it's not a strong draft, uh, strong quarterback class going into it. Uh, in addition to that, we're not going to have a top pick to be able to acquire one of those players, like uh, Will Greer from West Virginia, Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State. Um, I think the quarterback from Duke. I'm I'm blanking on his name at the moment, but it's no this year's draft class is no comparison to. What we saw, uh, well, I guess this coming year, uh compared to what we saw with Baker Mayfield and, and Josh Rosen and uh, Lamar Jackson, who's a lot of fun to watch. I, I, I he is very fun. Yeah, that In was that was that was certainly entertaining. And RG three took the last uh, last couple of snaps for Baltimore today, which was, you know, I was rooting for him. You know, it, it's uh I, I would say. Because of the amount of money allotted to Alex Smith, even with his injury, and I really hope he's going to be okay. And, um, you know, the reports are out that um, there's uh, there's infections that he's battling and this really might turn out to be a career-ending injury. I hope that's not the case. But regardless of football, I just hope he can have a normal yeah. life if, in fact, yeah. that's the case. and um, That appears to be up in the air, which has got to be terrifying. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where we stand.
0: I mean, I would I, – I completely agree with you. This quarterback class heading into this year is not what it's going to be
1: mm-hmm.
0: next year. But I just thought to myself, why, why – that would just make too much sense for Washington to miss to not do the obvious and just pick one this year. I just feel like that's that's something that they're going to do. They're going to overcorrect the quarterback position and just sort of rush mm-hmm. to it and draft someone yeah. this year. That's yeah,
1: if if we were up to me, I, I would take a flyer in the second or third round on a guy on a project. Yeah. Someone that, um, similar to what uh, Alex Smith was put through in San Francisco with Kaepernick. Kaepernick was a second round pick. Yep. And so, um, you know, and he waited for a couple years or a year and a half or something like that. So uh, I would say that would be the most logical thing to do regarding the quarterback position because Colt McCoy is still under contract for next year, I believe. And uh, I, I feel like we could at least roll the dice with him just for X amount of games. And it's not like we're going to win 11 or more games anyways because we're the Redskins and God forbid ever some, something like that would ever happen. Um, yeah, I'm quite pessimistic if you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder why. Um, so, yeah. I think, I think something
0: that really stood out to me today was the play of Josh Johnson showed mm-hmm. you His style of play was very similar to what we saw with Colin Kaepernick when he was playing for San Francisco 49ers. And I just think weird, uh,
1: right? As good
0: (laughs) as well as he played today, Mm -hmm. you can't argue. You can't have a strong argument to say Kaepernick wouldn't perform, at least to that level or better. Absolutely. And especially
1: what we saw out of Mark Sanchez, which was nothing. I I just think
0: I just think it's obvious. And I, I get that. I get that all these sports talk shows are absolutely flaming Jay Gruden for saying, oh, you know, we, we looked at it, but we are probably go in a different di- direction. I really mm-hmm. don't think it was his decision. I mean, if you don't know, if you think that he was saying that completely from his head, then you clearly don't pay attention to the Redskins because you know mm-hmm. that he was told to say that from someone higher up. Because so that, said, is, that is, that is a fact.
1: Watching. Absolutely. Could not agree more. And, yeah, and yet it's Jay Gruden that's being thrown into the lines then about that, and it's yep. unfortunate because i, I feel like um, especially with the offenses that Jay designs, I think he would he would do better than what we saw today. Um, but you know, I, maybe it's a good story for Josh Johnson. I thought he was impressive and yeah. limited work, and he's going to have his hands full going against a better defense in jacksville uh, next week. Um, so I guess we'll put a cap on it that way. Um, what what are your thoughts going into? Uh, Oh, wow, the Bears has got a safety. Um, What are your thoughts going into – oh, sorry about that. (laughs) Uh, What are your thoughts going into next week's game in Jacksonville? Because this is a a team that has uh, underwhelmed even more so than us.
0: I mean, I don't know. Just as long as Jalen Ramsey doesn't absolutely embarrass you, Mm -hmm. because that would piss me off. But I think – I don't think they're gonna win, but I wouldn't be shocked if they won because both sure. the teams are kind of this I would mm-hmm. say that right now Jacksonville is the AFC equivalent of Washington, just a team that you thought well, you didn't think you didn't have very high expectations of Washington going into the season, but Yeah, but just as, a,
1: a downward spiral. Yeah.
0: At one point you thought that they were gonna do well just like Jacksonville and then both teams just sort of collapsed. So I, I think this is the this is if if you could name it a bowl, I would say this is probably the underwhelming bowl. <laughs> I mean, just really, I, don't, I yeah. don't expect much, but if they could win, I'd be happy. But if they lose, I'll just be happy for the draft position.
1: Yeah, There we go. Yeah, I, okay, I would say if, if I had to put a score on it, I would say it's going to be, what, <clears throat> I'll go 10 to 7. That That's a very real, Jacksonville-esque score. Real barn <laughs> yeah. burner. Cody Kessler versus Josh Johnson. Who would have thought? <laughs> Wow. Jesus Christ.
0: I'm going to
1: yep.
0: say 13-7. I don't know who wins, but that's going to be the top score.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, well, hopefully, Jack, we're going to have a, a good a good conversation at some point um, within the next three weeks. I doubt it. Yep. But um, I'm really into the NFL draft, so we'll we'll get to talk about that more and more. And uh, I'm probably going to start watching my Will Greer and Dwayne Haskins YouTube highlight videos mm-hmm. tonight, knowing me. And uh Yeah, yeah. Well you have a good night, sir. This is the Hawcast. My name is Tom Natalie. You can find me on Twitter, Tom underscore Natalie. We are part of the DMV season. That is DMV underscore SN. They do everything. Redskins, Wizards, Nets, Caps, Fantasy Football. I think there's some soccer in there too. You you name it, they got it covered. Give them a shout on Twitter as well. Again, DMV underscore SN. And Jack, you go ahead now, too, please.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at Jack P. Bernstein, capital J, capital P, and capital B. All right.
1: Sounds good. All right, my friend.
0: All right. Good talking with you, man.
1: I'll talk to you later, man. I'll see ya.